Hello and welcome to Connected episode 384. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Bombus, Fitbod, and New Relic. My name is Stephen Hackett. I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. Hello. We're back. And we're back with our friend Mike Hurley. Uh, hi. How is everybody? I'm exhausted. I'm just, I feel super weird. I apologize already. Um, Why are you exhausted? Tell us more about it. I recorded a really, really long thing before. Uh, so today, as we're recording this, it we did two things for the Pen Addict. It is our 500th episode. And also today is our 10th anniversary of working together on the show too. They just ended up incredibly just lining up. We didn't do anything special for it. They just lined up. Uh, we recorded a three-hour episode, which was like a very listener-intensive um, feedback show. Like people wrote in a bunch of stuff to us, and we promised we'd read every message. Uh, I finished recording that show like 20 minutes before we started recording. So I'm a little bit all over the place in the moment. Hmm. Congrats, though. I mean, that's an Thank incredible you. milestone, and I can I can't believe you haven't blogged about this. Like, I can see the headline already on like a Medium blog or something. Like, I recorded five hundred episodes for a podcast about pants. Here's everything I learned. Here's everything. Like I learned. super clickbaity, you know? Yeah, I'm not really sure what I've learned yet, though. I have to think about that. <laughs> Nothing. It's just a blank post. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I remember it. I cannot, I refuse. It's not that I can't. I refuse to believe that it's been 10 years. I don't, I don't understand how that's possible at all. Well, we started the show in 2012. Now, I mean, I understand how math works, but like, <laughs> holy crap. Like a decade? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yes, congratulations. Thank you. All right, so here on the non-pin show, uh, we're on episode 384. It would be episode 441 if you count the prompt. That gives you some context of how long you've been doing The Pin Addict. It's over a year more episodes than we've been doing this show. But for now, 384 episodes, we start with follow-up. Two things about the Jeremy's, the game that we played last week. I cannot believe we forgot, and this is on me because I actually have it further down in the show notes where like my Jeremy's template is, and I just missed it. We didn't tell people about the the website. So you can go to the jeremys.herokuapp.com, link is in the show notes, and there is put together here all of the picks for the Jeremy's. Over the last many years, you can see all the guesses Federico made, and if he eventually got it right or eventually got it wrong, it's amazing, and you should go check it out. Uh, the good thing about the, the this page specifically and why it's worth looking at it sometime afterwards, which I always enjoy doing, is that Jason lists every guess Federico makes, not just the one that was yeah. correct. Yeah, yes. That's the, the best part about this, which is always fun to look back on. Beans has Beans. been in my head a Beans. lot. I mean, in my head a lot recently. So, Beans. 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 Michael sent in the PDF for the proposal for biting lip emoji. Okay. And I just want to read some of this. Please. This is from the introduction. Humans have a long experience with nonverbal communication. Before we had words, we needed to try to rely on groaning and gesturing. 
These old habits Whoa. stuck. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay. These old <laughs> habits an stuck. interesting energy. And it's hardwired in our brain that we even just, just um, we even gesticulate while speaking on the phone or while on a podcast, while obviously the other person can't see us. And then they go on to biting and chewing the lip can indicate a range of emotions, including fear, anxiety, and discomfort in a situation. Or perhaps the person is worried or insecure. But also, lip biting can be iconic of flirtation mm. and exercising restraint. Okay. So, and it goes on and on with Google search results, multiple usages. This person who, who put this together really puts flirtation and fear and anxiety sort of on the same level throughout this document. So, you know, maybe they've been burned in the area of love and it comes coming out in their PDF, but... Here you go. Yeah, there's uh, tons of examples for pain, anticipation, excitement, arousal, which mm-hmm. is uh, another category. Okay, so my least favorite thing about this, um, I, I have two, two least favorite things. Uh, least favorite thing, number one, is in the introduction thing, they've put in a bunch of imagery as like examples. And there's three stock images, and then there's an image of Harry and Meghan on their wedding day. And it's just like, I'm not really sure why. <laughs> He's buying his like, lip. Yeah, but like, yeah. why this image and then three random stock images? You know, like, I don't understand. Yeah, because the, the, the first one gives, um, you know. Like, popular context. But yeah, I yeah, feel like it's, there are probably a million movie scenes that you could pick from. Uh, also, the zwidge that they suggested was a mouth plus a tooth. And I don't like that as a... Mm as a thing and also just this i just I still cannot believe this emoji i just can't believe this emoji is a thing it's the best uh, one i you know there's a there's a lot of other emoji in this document biting lip is expected to have high usage right when it comes to google biting lip greatly outperforms the median smiley emoji dueling face this is a very formal this is a very formal like, proposal yeah I mean, you're submitting it to like a consortium committee type thing, right? You've got to try and make it, even though, even though, like, look, this is kind. Of, this is what's kind of funny to me, really, about this proposal is like, the people that made this proposal, what they're looking for is a, it's a sex thing emoji, right? It's mm-hmm. justification, but they have for to present it in such a pr- exactly. like an official way, and that's <laughs> exactly. the, that duality is very entertaining for me. Exactly, it's 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 so professional and but done in a way to justify the thirst behind this emoji, <laughs> which makes it so perfect. It's like from the dawn of time, human beings have communicated. It's like, all right, okay. Don't you know that biting a lip? It's like, hey, look, I get also, it. Also, I enjoy right like. The, the way they've stacked this, lip biting can be a trademark of insecure shy types, but also lip biting can be iconic of flirtation or exercising restraint. No, not also. Not, not also. also. Not, it's like, oh, I'm so nervous uh-huh. right now, lip bite emoji. Mm. Like, no one's going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Under the section labeled breaking new ground, the authors write, other than smirking face, aka sexual face, smug face, and suggestive smile, there aren't any other emojis effective at communicating the tension that comes with flirtation. Water droplet guy, peach, heart eyes, eggplant, but none that convey the emotional complexity that comes with relationships. Oh, right, right. But the biting lip does. 
The yep. biting lip really speaks to emotional complexity. Anyway, that's right. an, that's enough of that. I'm, 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 I can, you know, well, you <laughs> you took that be, further than I was expecting, Stephen. You know, just the whole document yeah. is just. I'm a I'm a sophisticated person. I don't send the peach emoji. I send the biting lip one. So. I'm going to read the next piece of follow-up because I feel like I put this out into the world, so no, I should just continue no, putting no, it out. No, 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 please don't. No, no. It doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel no, fair for you, other people to, clear to, to have to read it. No, there is no clearing up. I was right the first time, and this is just more information from Rafi. Indeed, the pupil of the eye no. as a whole. <laughs> no. <laughs> which lets light in, and the image is then projected on the back of the eye, just like in a camera. Also like a camera, the pupil gets smaller when there's more light, so like smaller or larger, you know? The pupil is black because it's dark inside the eyeball, because it's a hole, and you're looking inside no, the stop. eye. shut up. No. This is also why you get red eyes when taking picture with a flash right in front of the eyes. The flash simply lights the inside of your eyeball... Showing the red color inside our inside our head. This comes from Rafi, who I can only wrong? assume Wait, what is, is, a, is a very well known ophthalmologist. No, I don't care. Why is this piece of follow Kate up? asked a great question. Kate asked a really great question. Why are we doing this again? The reason is yes. Stephen Stephen put this in a document, and I just decided to read it. Holes, just just holes, holes, holes no, in the eyes. Moving on. Uh-huh. Let's talk about feet. If you think about it, the pupils are just like the nostrils of the eyes. You know? Enough about holes. Uh, feet, right? <laughs> Much <laughs> better. From <laughs> right. lip biting. Right? <laughs> to fe- let's go to feet now. Uh, we're, doing the whole an- we're, doing, we're doing the whole anatomy thing yep. today. That's today's, the theme of today's episode is we're covering the entire anatomy. <laughs> the gang um, discovers the human body. Uh, this is what we're doing today. <laughs> uh, Friend of feet. the show, Matt Van Orma. Let's talk uh, about Matt's feet. Okay. <laughs> AKA the foot mod is, uh, has, has bought and reviewed the Steam Deck pedal. Um, ultimately, this kind of nothing surprising from this. Like it, it is what we thought it was. Matt did note that it was very well made. Like the hardware is very well made, and in use was um, really enjoyed. That it's got three buttons on it, kind of right, three pedals. The two on each side are raised higher than the one in the middle, which you can kind of see from the imagery. But this helps you. No, or is the one in the middle raised? There's there's a difference in height between the two on either side and the one in the middle. Uh, and this helps you kind of feel with your feet uh, which button you're pressing. So it's it's very useful in use. Did either of you buy one of these, by the way? No, no. But there's, just, there's a section of this post called Alto Automation. <laughs> 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 it's it's sold out basically immediately. So a lot of people are into foot automation. Automation. Tonation. Automation. Automation. Um, did right? he use it did he use it bare feet? Do we know? I don't know. Matt is in the Discord. Matt, did you use it barefoot or with socks or with shoes? We would like to know. This is a very important follow up. Do you like the pictures that Matt included with his dog in the I do very good, especially good dog. Mostly socked, but sometimes barefoot. So there you go. Very good, very good. Okay, okay. Yeah, one of the best dogs I've seen from from the follow up segment. We've seen mm. a few over the years. It's mm-hmm. an extremely good dog. Look at the, look at those eyes. Yeah, well, look at the 
gracious pose. Yeah, I'm a very good dog. Very good dog. Do you think dogs have holes in their eyes? Yeah. Can you please no? Can you? I'm quitting. How do you quit Zoom? <laughs> How do you do that? You How can't. Do you close a call. You can never here. quit Zoom. Oh, God. Um, okay. Should I consider the Steam Deck pedal? Should I? Mean, I? You already I have considered it. Like it's only a matter of time until you get it, quote unquote, for your work. So. It's, why quote unquote? Need it for it shortcuts. Mm-hmm. For series shortcuts. No. Maybe. Please stop. Oh my god. Maybe you could program one of the pedals to quit Zoom. Uh, you know. I'm, so if okay. I keep talking about things you don't like, bang, and then you're gone. Like ejected out of the podcast. Yeah, I could look into that. Yeah. I may. I added a role in Discord just for Matt named Foot Mod. Accurate. That's there for all time. Uh, just as like a, a related plug in I think two weeks from now, not this, not the next episode, but the one after that on MPU, we're, t- we're getting deep into the stream deck. So I'm like, I like burned down my whole stream deck set up, have rebuilt it. I wanted to check out the foot pedal, but it was sold out. So if you're stream deck curious, we have an MPU coming that I think you will like a lot. I am actually. So I will look forward to that. Well, I mean, you ha- you didn't, ha- you've, you, you know, don't have one. You've never had one. I do have one. I had one before you. I set it up again and I've never used it. I set it up with it. I spent an afternoon setting it up and I just don't ever press it. I never think to press the button. I think maybe I'm just not a Stream Deck person, but I will listen to that Mac Power Users episode and then make my final decision. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Bombus. With Bombus, everyone can be a foot mod because they make super Stop that now. comfortable Stop that clothes. Now. That is an unacceptable. <laughs> they make great oh, stuff, socks, shirts, <laughs> underwear. And what's really cool, for every item they sell, an equal item is donated. So you get comfortable socks and shirts and underwear, and you're helping someone in need. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, has a luxuriously cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, uh, pima cotton, cashmere. They make perfect cozy winter layers. There's a pair of Bomba socks for everything you do. I'm wearing my podcasting socks right now. But uh, you got a bunch of sports you play, different types of sports have different needs. Bombas has socks for everyone. It's the only thing in my sock drawer anymore. I absolutely love them. Their t-shirts are also great. They're made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, the weight is just right. Bombas underwear has a barely there feel. They may make you forget you're uh, even wearing them, but in a good good way, the biting lip emoji way. See, I've tied it into two topics in the show. It's really good stuff. Go to bombas.com slash connected. There you will get 20% off your first purchase. And once again, everything uh, you buy, a like item is donated. That's bombas.com slash connected, B-O-M-B-A-S, bombas.com slash connected. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of the show and Relay FM. So Apple has announced uh, a new thing called Tap to Pay on iPhone. This is kind of like somebody reminded me uh, on Twitter about this. Uh, about You remember they did the Find My Network before they announced AirTags? Yeah. I think it might be something similar here. They're announcing they're doing this thing, and then maybe they're going to announce something else, probably like NFC and an iPad or, or whatever, right? Maybe right. Apple's going to make some kind of accessory to put an iPad in, whatever, so you can make like a point-of-sale terminal. Basically, what it's doing is unlocking the functionality inside of the NFC chips in iPhones so that 
an I, an iPhone can be used like a contactless payment terminal. So instead of using uh, one of those big things on a desk, or you know, you've got like a little square reader or whatever, it's just bang straight on the iPhone, easy to go. Now, Federico, I see you have a bunch of questions in the document. Yes, I do. That I think I might be able to answer for you. So maybe there's a better way to talk about this. Why don't you ask these questions to me? I am glad you are here to provide answers to my questions. Um, my questions are developed on two separate fronts. Uh, there's the more, um, the, the questions about this announcement and then in a broader context of payments in America. But in the context of tap to pay on the iPhone, can you explain to me why this is a big deal? Yeah. Uh, f according to a lot of people, because when I shop here in Italy, I have never, and I'm not, this is not an exaggeration or anything, I have never seen the like the things that i've seen in america like those ipads in coffee shops or something sure. everybody yeah. here has a standard uh pos point of sale terminal that accepts contactless contactless payments or the chip based cards literally everyone has it but see the reason i think i can help you explicit specifically is because the uk has a kind of a hybrid system where we are like europe everywhere has uh, contactless payments and you can use anything. It's not like yeah. there are places in America where it's like, oh, you can do contactless, but you sometimes have to put your card in and sometimes Apple Pay works. No, we're like the same as you. But something that I see here that I also see in America is small businesses with these more modern like systems that either look like an iPad or are an iPad or they use these little things that plug into an iPad. And this tends to be hmm. relatively new or small businesses or people that are setting up at say, say you have like a like a farmer's market kind of thing or whatever, right? Where it's like you can't have a checkout system because you're outside and there's nowhere to plug in or whatever. So you'll see a lot yeah, of the time. Maybe I've just been to the wrong places then. I don't I know. Don't know. Like it, it depends what's around you, what's local to you. I mean, my expectation probably is a lot of the businesses that you frequent have been around for a long time. You know what I mean? Maybe. So like they're just more established. I don't know. Like I've I've been there's a lot of places that I frequent in the UK that are kind of more like artsy places, and they're new and they're like trying to make it work, and they've only been in their business for like three weeks, and they've got like a little square reader kind of thing. <laughs> so the the benefit to something to this to what Apple's doing here is you don't have to use the hardware provided by the company, which I'm sure comes with some kind of fee. Mm -hmm. This would remove that. So you don't okay. need to worry about that anymore. And also for a lot of people, especially in like in, in very like uh, constrained environments or as I say, like a farmer's market or something, they don't need another piece of hardware. So like, for example, uh, when I used to help Brad out at the pen shows, we would always need to use his phone because it was the only one that had the square reader in it. But if we could all just sign into an account, which would be his account, and just use, say, the Square app, and then it can just take the payment because it's on my f on anyone's phone, that's going to be way better as a system for a lot of people. Um, this isn't going to be the case for everybody. Like I'm sure in a lot of coffee shops, they're still going to want like a dedicated terminal. There's a company that I see a lot now called Clover, I see those like in uh, the UK, I've seen them in America as well, where they make like a really nice thing. And it's just a point of sale system, but it's modern looking. You know, it looks like those kind of iPad focused ones, but like it's an actual contained unit. People are still going to use that. But this would allow for small businesses, new businesses especially, to not have to get these like 
point of any point of sale hardware, whether cheap or expensive, they could just use their uh, phone or their probably an iPad instead. Okay, that's cool. I'm never gonna see this in Italy, but okay, that's eh, you might. That. You might, because honestly, there might be some companies that want a different experience, and this is going to be probably free to them to use mm. if it comes outside of the U.S. Right, uh, which I reckon it will, because like they're working. One of the people they're working with, I think the only company they've announced they're working with so far is Stripe, and Stripe is very international. So, considering Stripe will be the facilitator of the payments here. I don't see why they couldn't roll this out. This isn't like Apple Pay Cash, where Apple's working with a specific bank or whatever to make that work. I could imagine that this would roll out faster than, say, the peer-to-peer payment stuff would. And my second question, not related to, um, what's it called? Tap-to-pay? Tap-to-pay. Not related to -to tap-to-pay, but more in the broader context of like all these apps and services that let you do person-to-person payments, usually mm. in America. Like they seem to be a big deal for yeah. American users, like Cash App and Venmo, like everybody's using them. And I saw uh, a video on Twitter a while back that was actually a TikTok video that a um, friend of the show, um, Rob, uh, f- found again for me today, so thank you, Rob. Uh, so it's basically a video of someone uh, explaining why these services are so popular in America to do the peer-to-peer payments um, and explaining the difference between the American bank system and the European bank system, where in Europe I can send money to someone basically for free in two seconds. Yeah. But... Like this thing with like these services like Cash App and Venmo, that's just not a thing here. Yeah, it's like we have it too. It's like imagine if your bank worked as easily as Venmo, because <laughs> that's what it's like in in the in Europe and in the UK as well. Like, and I'm sure in, in a lot of other places, like f- we don't have fees for these transfers, and they happen immediately cross banks. It's not even yes. the same bank. Yeah, and but this is not true in America. Hence, why they are popular these services. Yeah, it's filling. It's like filling a hole right. left open by our bad, like our bad system, <laughs> right? If we had what y'all have in Europe, this wouldn't be as exciting to us. This could be a reason why maybe Apple's never really pushed on Apple Pay Cash because there maybe. isn't really that much of a need for it. Whereas I say this one specifically could be used in other countries because it's not really about a failure failure of the banking system as such it's more that just like these days small businesses would just prefer much more flexibility and this would enable even more flexibility because there's always an iphone in the middle of these square transactions or whatever Mm -hmm. and now you don't need to have that hardware that gets between the phone and the and the customer so it's pretty cool i'm pleased that they've done this like this is an interesting thing i'm i am just wondering is there another shoe to drop here exactly like it can be iphone only right no, it definitely seems like this is something that future iPads will support. So you can like yeah. have be that person, right? Where you have like like an iPad. I mean, my favorite coffee shop, like they use iPads with like the Square Reader. But I've even been other places. Like if you go to, uh, especially like a temporary store or like a festival or something, it's like iPad Minis and those little credit card readers. It's like yeah. man, all that could just go away. So I would bet good money. And maybe this will be a prediction in a future Ricky's episode that future iPads will support whatever hardware is needed to make this work. 
I think I saw on Six Colors. I think Dan wrote the article that like, and it's true. I I had a vague memory of this, and I was pleased somebody found it. Like, iPads have had NFC chips in them before. They've just not been turned on. But like, it just seems like it was like a, a it was cheaper for them to put them in than not put them in kind of thing. You know, sometimes you get like weird hardware in in a device. It's like, why is this sensor here? Like, there's that weird sensor in the HomePod Mini, right? That doesn't do anything. Right, it's like a temperature sensor or something. Am I am I losing my mind here? It seems like nobody's on board with me. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay. Well, anyway, someone knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, payments, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my little fever dream over here. Have you not heard about the secret chips nobody knows about? <laughs> just, just your body, it's fine. They're Look, hiding fine. them in there, Federico. There's NFC everywhere, man. <laughs> it's, it's fine. You you go play over there with your uh, chips. Um, all right. So, uh, cool. So, uh, payments, huh? Money, money, money. Is It's important these days. Makes the world go around, is what I say. Yeah, that's, that's why Apple is doing it. Oh, uh, Matt and the foot mod came up with the Bloomberg article about a See? humidity and temperature sensor from a HomePod mini. <laughs> believe it now Bloomberg said it. You don't believe it when I said it. Mark Gurman says it. You're like, oh, it's so true. When Mike says it, it's like, you're Well, mad. I mean, when, ha- when has Bloomberg ever been in trouble for a story that may or may not have been super accurate? Uh, footnote, Bloomberg was responsible for the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah We're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. No. Mm-mm. That's worse than the pupil. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everyone has a hole in their foot where the light comes in. <laughs> God, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, Can God. we please keep talking about banks and, and, and payments? Let's talk about betas. Okay. Let's talk about that. Okay. I can actually tie all this together if you want. iOS 15.4 beta 2 includes the functionality for the tap to pay. So that's one thing. Okay. And second, just in general, uh, I'm really excited about this uh, face ID with mask. I'm not running the betas. I'm just going to wait. Um, but because I, I now when I have to use Apple Pay in the local coffee shop and I have to put my code in, right? I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait until I don't have to do this anymore. Or like a couple of days ago. You don't ago, have to do it now. Just put the beta on. I don't want to put the beta on my phone. And, and also, like, I was in Ikea yesterday, and I couldn't remember the PIN number for this for a card. It's like a card I don't use very frequently. So I had to, like, op- like I put the card in. I was like, oh, no, I've forgotten. And then I had to open one password, put in my master password, find... I was like, oh, I hate doing that. It's so embarrassing. You're standing there for, like, two minutes while you search up for stuff. So I'm very excited about the Face ID mask thing. Just hold your breath. Take your mask off real quick. That's bad. That's bad advice. No, you see, I don't like doing it, right? Like, it's not me. I don't like looking like that guy, you know? Like, I don't want to be that guy. It's like, oh, he pulls his mask down. Like, oh, like a fool. Uh, they added some stuff with Beta 2, look down to unlock. It kind of reminds me of, like, the what they have on the, the iPad or something like that, right? Where they point, like, hey, the face, the face thing's over here. Because I think it, it needs your attention. Is that right, Federico? Like, it needs... Yeah. It, has to have you have to be looking at the phone so like you can't turn off the attention detection thing for that i think that's accurate yeah right yeah i think it's like the attention detection thing uh it's really good i've been running the beta and it's such a good feature (laughs) it's it's so useful the change in shortcuts is like made tech press people happy uh, that where you can run some automations without notifications not right. all of them. The one that I use the most often, which is replace a home screen icon with a shortcut, that still shows the banner, which is frustrating, but 
I think people are excited about this and it feels like another slow step towards maybe shortcuts can just like do stuff in the background all the time. Yeah. Not bother me. They they still have a bit of work to do there. Like for example, um, automations like in the, uh, any kind of automation in shortcuts does not exist on Monterey at all. Uh, if you want to run shortcuts on the Mac on a schedule, you got to use like Chrome jobs or, or external utilities like Better Touch Tool with time triggers or something like that because they don't have like the automation tab in the Mac app is just not there, which is kind of weird. But um, what you mentioned for the home screen icons, I was hoping that they would. Uh, we talked about this last week that they would add like a toggle in the in the shortcuts details page uh, that lets you do what you can do with automations, which is notify when run. Uh, but it's as of beta two, it's still not there. I still want to kind of believe that they're gonna add this to the shortcuts inspector, uh, or maybe as a toggle, it could be it could even be like an option that you only see when you add a shortcut to the home screen, like in the icon picking like mm-hmm. sort of final confirmation screen. There could be maybe an option there. I don't know. I feel like it's it, it's odd to have that inconsistency right now where an automation like my only question to this was like, what if they do what you suggested in your Ricky pick of like. Homes. This was one of your Ricky picks, like yes. the customization stuff. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they wouldn't want to offer this because they've got like a thing that they're going to do with app icons. Maybe, maybe because like using a shortcut to install a custom icon for an app is a kind of a silly workaround. Yeah, like you're not supposed to make a shortcut if you want to customize your home screen, and we're all in agreement there. It's a workaround that people have discovered. Apple actually made it better. Uh, if you recall, um, in I- before iOS 14.2.3, maybe, uh, basically after this became a thing, um, before that, these kinds of shortcuts, they would still open the shortcuts app first, and then it would take you to the app that you wanted to launch from a custom icon. And then Apple realized, oh, millions of people are doing this. I guess we got to make it a little better for them. And so now those custom icons, those custom shortcuts, when you tap them from the home screen, they just go straight to the app that you're launching. Mm. But it didn't used to be like this. It used to be worse. So Apple made it a bit better. But now they could make it all the way better. And it seems like they don't want to. And the inconsistency is weird. Because, like, arguably, an automation that runs in the background and can do all kinds of things, I mean, it's technically more dangerous than a shortcut that you run as an icon from the home screen. You know? But still, there's an option there and not when you want to add a shortcut with a custom icon to your home screen. I don't get it. Marina in the Discord had a question. Does the iPad also get Face ID with a mask on? I don't think it does. Hmm. Do you think they'll do that? Maybe? I don't know. I can see why they wouldn't, just because they like don't think they need to. You know what I mean? Like I could see that being like a blind spot, but I think it would be good to have it. I wonder if it has anything to do with the the iPad's ability to do Face ID from more angles. Like, I wonder if that makes it more or less complicated. I, I just don't know, but mm. it would be nice. Like, if you have, if if it can do it, it should. So maybe there's a reason that it can't. 
Isn't it weird that the iPhone never got the ability to do it from multiple angles? I think it is. I think it's super weird. Why is that? Why is that? If the iPad can do it, and it seems like the sensors are basically the same. Hmm, I don't know. I'm so used to the uh, the iPad Mini now with the Touch ID. I just, like I never even considered <laughs> the Face ID iPads needing or not needing this feature. Mm-hmm. This episode of Connected is made possible by FitBod. It's very normal for people to start considering their health and fitness this time of year, but we're all busy balancing work, family, and everything else. It can be hard to make fitness a priority. What you need is a program that works with you, not against you. That's why you need FitBod. FitBod's algorithm learns about you, your goals, and your training ability to craft a personalized exercise plan that's unique to you. Their app makes it incredibly easy to learn exactly how to perform each exercise because personal fitness isn't about competing with other people. You don't want to look to others and try to stack up against them or do what they do. What you need is something that will work for you. That's when it sticks, and that's when you'll see the results you're looking for. FitBod uses data to create and adjust your dynamic fitness plan. You'll have instant access to personalized routines in their fantastic app, so you can make progress on your own goals from anywhere. One thing I really like about FitBod is the included videos, so you can see how certain exercises are supposed to look, and you can see it from multiple angles now in a new update. And I find that really reassuring because I don't want to have an injury because I just like don't know what I'm doing because I'm working out at home. And it's really made me feel more confident in trying new things in my home gym. Everyone's fitness path is different, which is why FitBod does so much work to make sure they customize things exactly to suit you. They make sure to learn from your last workout so the next will be even better, whether you work out twice a day or twice a week. FitBot even tracks your recovery to make sure that your plan is balanced with a variety of exercises to make sure you're not overworking anything. The app is simple to use and recently got updated with a fantastic new design, including those HD video tutorials that I mentioned a second ago. So you can learn each exercise uh, easily and quickly. It also integrates with the Apple Watch, Wear OS smartwatches, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. Personalized training is expensive, but FitBot is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. You can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me slash connected. That's fitbod.me slash connected. That's where you want to go to kick off this new year right and get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash connected. Our thanks to FitBod for the support of the show and Relay FM. So, the six colors Apple report card uh, was just released earlier this uh, earlier this week, or maybe last week now. I don't know how time works. Uh, but it, one it of the sections this week it was like two days ago. <laughs> we didn't talk about it, but I didn't have power for like a week. You didn't have power, so what do you know? <laughs> yeah, Memphis had this yeah. big ice storm. I didn't have power for almost a week, so like I'm I seriously. If we weren't recording today, I wouldn't know what day it is because I'm so off. Mm-hmm. But it's it's fascinating. Go read it. All three of us uh, are lucky enough to participate in it, which I always enjoy. But one of the the sections that always gets pretty much a rough score is HomeKit, Apple's smart home platform. It's a weird ecosystem because Apple, like HomeKit's kind of invisible. They have the Home app, which is not very good. But then there's all these other parts of the service that aren't even exposed in the Home app and other apps can build on top of it. But Apple doesn't make any hardware for it other than the HomePod and the Apple TV, which can act as as basically HomeKit hubs. So you can use 
and access your stuff when you're away from your network. But they don't make cameras or lights or anything. They leave all that up to the third party uh, sort of world to make stuff. And the three of us have all experimented with HomeKit and smart home stuff over the years. So I kind of wanted to touch base with the two of you and see kind of where things are with your smart home stuff. What do you think about HomeKit in particular? Are you looking to move past it? Are you looking to engage more with it? Kind of uh, the lay of the land. And uh, Federico gave this section a very good name that we should that we should recognize. So Federico, what are, what are we doing today? Because we, you mentioned, like, why don't we go sort of round-robin style, talking about our setups um, and all the different rooms that we have in our in our homes, I thought we could call this a room-robin. So you're welcome. It's really good. It's very good. Really good. Are we going to actually do this round-robin style? I mean, we can. <laughs> I mean, why else? Well, Steven said, Steven said that. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, we have to now. It's it's a room robin, okay. You know, I'll go first because I I came up with the title, which grants me rights makes you, to makes you king of this thing. Makes me the king of 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 the room. So I will say that first of all, Mike, I enjoyed your quote in the six colors report card. For context, for those who have not read it, Mike said that Apple spent all of its energy building the home set for the keynote videos. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I don't know if you ever have this. Like when I fill out the report card, it's like it's just going to Jason. Yes, it's like yeah. And then when it's published, I'm like. But the aside maybe a oh, little. Oh no! What like, am you know I what doing? I mean? like, <laughs> did I say that the right way? I don't know. This was meant to be for you and you only. No, and that's yeah. that's. I know it's not that. Like I I know that it's, but like it feels different. But anyway, he he sent it to me beforehand, and I didn't ask him to remove it. But like it was one of those things. Where I was like, I was maybe a little unnecessarily snarky there, but nevertheless. That was good. That was good. So I will say that my smart home setup has been simplified a lot over the years. That's partly because uh, we're still renting a very small place. There's not enough freedom for us at the moment to install the things we would like to install or to change some of the things we would like to change, like a new thermostat, for example, or redoing all of the lights, redoing all of the light switches. We can't do that. And until we find a new place that is ours and that we fully control, that sort of stuff is is not available for me. Um, and I have also simplified because I realized that sometimes, you know, you you can easily overdo home automation stuff uh, to the point where it gets in the way. And sometimes it's it's just it's better to have something that is easy and you know. Have you met my friend Homebridge? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so I when when I say this, I I say this because I know what it's like to go really deep down the rabbit hole of like turning everything into a HomeKit appliance or making everything a switch in the Home app that you can also control with Siri. You can overdo this stuff, just like you can over do any kind of automation, right? Uh, You just got to figure out what works, what sticks for you, what is easy and reliable and consistent. In the context of home automation, what makes it tricky is it's not just for you. It's also for other people who live with you, which is something that is, is another topic to consider. Like you may think that something that you just set up in HomeKit or Alexa or whatever is cool, but remember, it needs to be usable by other people in your household as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, including kids, possibly. So, uh, yeah, it's a whole topic. But essentially, 
I have a very small place, uh, and Mike has seen my place, can confirm that it's small. The one true John has seen it. Steven hasn't, because Steven has never... Steven hates Italy. Steven hates Europe. The thing about your apartment, it's small apartment, massive balcony. <laughs> it's like <laughs> half of the apartment is balcony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, but, uh, there's a whole story there, but we cannot get into that here. Um, anyway, uh, we have three... Uh, Logi Circle 2 cameras. These are the second generation Logi Circle that got updated to support HomeKit secure video, which we are using on all three of them. I have one uh, in the in the in the entrance uh, room of, of the apartment. I have one in the kitchen slash living room and another in the uh, short hallway that connects the, the the living room to the bedroom and the second bathroom. Um, these are the three cameras that we use most of the time that we set up with HomeKit Secure Video. Outside on the huge balcony that Mike mentioned, I have an old um, an old uh, D-Link Omna, I think it's called, camera. So yeah, I wanted to start from actually from like... Um, the first room that I want to cover is, is the balcony and the entrance because they're counter-related. There's two cameras, two U-lights. So there's one um, white only, and outside there's a colored one um, just because we spend more time in, like in the spring and in the summer outside with friends. Um, and it's nice to have some accent colors there. Um, and in addition, outside, we also have the Eve Weather um, sensor. This is a thread-compatible um, temperature sensor that can live outside. I also forgot to put this on the list, but on the balcony, we also have the EVE Energy. This is a smart plug that is also thread-compatible. I basically repurchased uh, all of these HomeKit accessories last year when I wanted to make sure that I had thread compa compatibility everywhere uh, as much as possible. It has improved reliability, but not as much as I hoped, honestly, this thread radio stuff. It's not as foolproof as I hoped it would be. Um, so yeah, basically when uh, the first two rooms of the, of the apartment, which are I think of them as one thing because they were supposed to be one thing, but it's a whole story. Right, if we're round robbing, should it not move on now? Yes, uh, I am going to let you move on, but I just Great. wanted to recap. Entrance and balcony, Logi Circle 2, two U-lights, an old D-Link Omna that I really should change eventually, uh, Eve Weather and Eve Energy. Nice. Eve Weather. That's the one I didn't Eve Weather. Yes. Eve Weather. So in my entrance, I guess, or really like the front of my house, uh, I've got a ring camera looking out. I use Nest stuff for a long time. And I bought one of their sort of new generation cameras, and we talked about it on the show. It was so abysmal, I just ended up replacing my other couple of Nest cameras with, with Ring stuff. I know people have, and it's a good conversation to have, about Ring and privacy and the stuff they do. You can turn all of it off now. You can have end-to-end -end encryption turned on. Their, uh, at least their new hardware, I have that turned on everywhere. It makes some of the, the alerts a little slower, but I'm fine with that. 
So we've got a ring camera looking out the front, and then I have a uh, an overhead light on our front porch that is set to come on uh, an hour before sunset and stay on an hour after sunrise. So it's on at night. And you may think, oh, well, how are you doing that? You have like an app? No, I have what's called an Intermatic ST01. There'll be a link in the show notes. I love the STO that's one. The, that's, the, that's the good one. That's, the, that's the good one. <laughs> that's the good one. So this uh, goes where you put your regular light switch, and you can use it as a regular light switch. You can just push it, and it clicks like a regular switch. But this has a, uh, a timer in it, and you can tell it where you are, and it knows due to, I guess, pro- internal programming, because this thing's not on the network, like it's all built-in logic. Yeah, It knows when sunrise and sunset is. It knows when daylight savings time is. And so you can program it. This came with our house, by the way. This <laughs> this was here when we bought the house, and I haven't changed it. Do you think this thing survived Y2K? Like, do you think it handled it? I mean, it still works now. I guess, right? So I wonder yes. if it will survive Y3K. If my house is still here in a thousand years, <laughs> then have at it. <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't think I don't I don't know if I would have known to look for something like this. I probably would have tried to find something mm-hmm. smart and clever, but it totally gets the job done. And it came with the house, so it has stayed because it it is really reliable. There's a note on the website that's fantastic. It says not for use with sun lamps, saunas. Or loads that could cause personal injury if timed incorrectly. <laughs> what is that? What happened? Yeah, someone died in the sauna. Is what happened. <laughs> and no, they got the last. No, it's the last part. Loads that could cause personal injury if timed incorrectly. Like a like a, a, a breathing machine or something. I don't know. Someone was using one of these to wait something and it just hit the time wrong and it fell, right? Like that's what happened here and I want to know. I think they mean electrical loads, not like no, it means a load of rocks. Loads, man. Yeah, like a big, it's just holding like a big roll of rocks, as you say, and then switch goes off, rocks fall down. Anyways, you get them at your hardware store. Uh, really simple. I, I just have the PDF manual and Apple Notes and uh, if I ever want to make adjustments, but I've been, I've been happy with it, so... I have this thing, which is like smart home stuff before before smart home stuff. Uh, but as far as the front of my house, that's uh, that's about it. I honestly, so okay, we're, we're, that's it for yours. Yeah, I don't know if you'll believe me when I tell you that for our home security system, kind of, which is the only thing in our entrance way, I am using a canary. No steel. I mean, come on! It's been it's been twenty years. I'm still <laughs> using the same canary that I've been using. Are they still around? Do you know what? I couldn't believe this. They updated the app a couple of weeks ago and added new features to the canary. What? I was what? like, wait, what? Was I just <laughs> I assumed I was the only customer. At this Did point. it add HomeKit support? <laughs> No, uh, no. Are you sure there's not like a single engineer no, that that is creepily watching you? No. I don't know. I mean, isn't it? Couldn't that be the thing of all of this stuff? Who knows? What you know did what you I mean? name your canary? I remember it having a name. Buster. Buster. Because <laughs> it busts the bad guys. He busts the bad guys. You know. That's He's right. He's gonna take care <laughs> of it for you. So what did they add? They added. Oh no, they they had they actually do a lot of stuff. They've added 
audio alerts for professional monitoring. Oh, that, that is professional. Better real-time conversations with their two-way talk system. Um, yeah, they've. I don't know. They they keep doing things. It surprises me to be honest. But I'll tell you this thing: rock solid. Like, still works. Like the day I bought it, I've had this thing since January 2016. I do not. We do not have problems with it, and mm. it, it doesn't. You know, it it doesn't go off all the time. You know, like it's not like one of. The, it's not very sensitive, but I know it's still working. Like if we leave the blinds open or whatever, like sunlight can still affect it, just like any of these things. But that canary, that is still that is still going that thing, and I I think it's awesome. That's great. But I've I've looked for a while. Like, could I find something that did everything in one unit? No. It's still the only one. What we like about it is it's always doing the, you know, it's always available like for video calling when we want it, turns on and off when, uh, like the video camera, turn on and off when, when we want it to, has a speaker in it, has uh, like a heat sensor, a smoke sensor, everything all in one, um, one unit. I think it's awesome and I love it and it's not that expensive to run as the service. Um, I've been very happy the whole time. They now send, they give you free cameras if you sign up for the service now. So, you know, I, I can't speak to the longevity of Canary. <laughs> like, I'm not necessarily advocating people jump in now, uh, but we are still very happy with us. Should I go next? Yeah, Is we're back to Robin again. We're back We're back to me. Okay. Neither, neither me or Steven have expansive balconies to talk about. So Right, right. So the kitchen is a bit more interesting for me. Um, I have another Logi Circle 2, which I mentioned before. Uh, more U-lights. We have two of them. Uh, now, we have the original HomePod is back. Because as I mentioned a while back, uh, the Echo is gone again. Uh, Alexa is gone once. We actually and sold. It is impossible to keep up with. Look, it's very. It's <laughs> look, it's very easy. And I'm telling you, uh, I sold the Echoes again. Uh, the experiment did not last even a, even a year. I think uh, they're gone. They've been purchased by a, by a close friend of ours, and uh, they now live in a better home, which is actually a dance school, but still, that is a better home. It yeah, is a better home. better home. They're actually using the the intercom uh, feature uh, at the school with the two echoes. It's in a very clever way. It's it's nice. So now we are back to have the original HomePod, one of those, one one of the HomePods that I physically bought in America and at the last uh, WWDC that I attended in person. So it's a nice gift from that era that it's never coming back. You were your own Big Apple buddy. Yes, I was my own Big Apple body uh, before before Big Apple body existed. So there's a HomePod that we mostly use for. Uh, in, so it's set in English. I could set it in Italian because it's now available as an option, but I didn't uh, because of like Sylvia never uses the HomePod via voice. I occasionally do, and at this point, I would prefer to ask questions to the assistant in english i i would feel kind of weird asking them in italian i don't know why well no i guess i know why all of my other devices are set to english i use siri in english i wouldn't even know like i'm actually using like my italian is getting worse my friends are making fun of me Silvia's making fun of me but i'm also kind of concerned like it was getting worse before but now it's gotten much worse like why? i tried uh because i 
very rarely, especially like writing in Italian, is uh, it's a it's very concerning. Like a, I, you know, I write in English, I talk in English a lot of hours each day, and uh, the pandemic happened, and we've been in isolation a lot. And is Sylvia just more forgiving? Oh, Sylvia's getting worse too, actually. <laughs> in Wait. terms of like using like English words instead of Italian words. Um, oh, because yeah. you two of you speak in Italian to each other. We right? do, we do, we right, do. Right, but right, right, right. it's sort of become this hybrid language at this point. Yeah. 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 It's very weird and funny and concerning at the same time. Anyway, we mostly use the HomePod as an airplay receiver um, in the music app, you know, selecting as a destination. Then we have an Apple TV. Uh, that we use when we want to watch Netflix or something, uh, you know, at dinner uh, instead of uh, regular television. Uh, this is an Apple TV 4K. I upgraded the remote last year, and uh, it's it's very good. It's a very good uh, remote that I also mentioned in the Six Colors Report card. I love it. The latest addition to the kitchen that is not a HomeKit device at all, but is uh, essential uh, because it's it's a home server that I use for something else. It's an Intel NUC. We mentioned this one before. It sits above my TV right next to the modem from my ISP. Um, I love it. I love that little thing. It acts as a music server for me. Runs the excellent Rune. That's R-O-O-N. It runs the excellent Rune software with my personal offline music library that I then uh, that I then uh, stream and listen to with the setup that I will describe for the bedroom later. But yes, this one lives in the kitchen. It's plugged into my uh, Orbi via Ethernet, and uh, it's very tiny and compact, and it's been running for months without ha- having to ever reboot it. It's super reliable. I love it. It's amazing to me how much love the the Apple TV remote got. I mean, in the in the episode of Upgrade, Jason was like, yeah, I burned down my whole TV setup because this remote was so good. Mm-hmm. Great remote. Pretty wild. Uh, in my kitchen, I have the only remaining big HomePod. I had three. Two have mm-hmm. died. The one in the kitchen lives on. And uh, it's great in the kitchen, mostly. Uh, the multiple timer thing is a lot better. Still, the, the sound is still amazing. And uh, it, I don't have any plans on replacing that until it, uh, if and until it, it fails. One new thing in the kitchen uh, is the uh, addition of some Hue light strips under our cabinets that shine down on the countertops. We've, we have not had under cabinet lighting in our kitchen, and we looked at some options. Uh, at some point early on in the pandemic, I got some like regular just LED kind of bar lights you could touch and they would come on, but they ended up not really being bright enough and they were a little bit finicky to use. And so I was like, well, I know the Hue light strip stuff works really well because uh, when we get to the office, I have a lot of Hue light stuff out here. Like, let me just get a light strip for that. So I have that uh, running under a couple of cabinets and I have it's a scene in HomeKit. So we can just say turn cabinet light on and comes to the brightness and the color temperature we like but of course it can be any color or any brightness so uh, sometimes it's fun to uh, to mix that up and uh, it's been like a nice fun addition in the kitchen to have uh, to have that hue light strip I think if I were going to you know if we were gonna like do a kitchen from 
the start, I would not use like this is this is overkill probably for for our use. And there's a lot of like real like nice options for like kitchen lighting. But as far as a retrofit, I was pretty happy with how it came out. Do you, how, do you stick them on? Like you stick them on with the way that they like uh, the, the adhesive that comes on the back of them. Uh. Yes, and then uh, and I, I did the same thing out here. Uh, I got a metal staple that's wide enough so it doesn't puncture the light strip, right? And put that there as well to help hold it up, and it's it's been fine. Okay. Now it's not like over the stove or anything. There's not like a lot of steam or humidity where it is. You know that would be a factor, I think. But it's kind of off to the side in the kitchen, and it's it's been fine for probably going on a year. Is that your kitchen? That's my kitchen. That's it. We've already done the entrance. So the door is open. You can come in <laughs> to ready. the kitchen in my home. I only have one small <laughs> thing in my entire kitchen. A robot. We- Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's the Echo Show. Mm. So we use one of the... So, like, we are a, a split household, like, for the way that we interact with our smart devices. It's not that like one of us chooses one over the other for all the time or whatever. Like I'm sometimes I will ask the echo and sometimes I will ask Siri, but like for us, there are some stuff that like the echo does and it just does better than the home part. Like I've mentioned it before, but you know, we use a shopping service that has an uh, echo skill that allows us to add things directly to our shopping list. And it's such a killer feature for me where it's like I'm cooking and I've used the last of a certain ingredient, and I can just add it to the actual cart of our grocery provider. That's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> that is so much better than adding it anywhere else, because I add it anywhere else, I still got to add it to the cart later on. So it's little things like that, measurements and stuff like that. I much prefer having a screen than just having it audio. Um, our Echo Show has been getting a bit long in the tooth, I think. We have the second generation, uh, which we got in 2019. Um, sometimes it's a little slow to respond. Like it feels like it's genuine, like getting old, like a person gets old. Like it's, sometimes it gets a little confused or like you'll ask <laughs> it to do something and it can't hear you. <laughs> it's so really sad. weird. This is it's, the saddest thing I've ever heard about a robot. Sometimes, sometimes like the screen is black, like it's fallen asleep or something. Oh, no. It's really oh, weird. No. Like genuinely, it's really weird Uh, we also use it for like as like a digital photo frame kind of thing you know like um we will have we have like images of some of our favorite vacations uh and just playing on a loop so i think i'm gonna upgrade this like i would love apple to make a product like this i don't know if they're going to and if they do i don't think it's going to do everything that i want in the way that i want it to like so we're probably going to remain with the echo show and plus i'll say that there's like a, a thing that we'll do is like we'll say like the name of the assistant whether it's Siri or Alexa and we'll just say like turn on living room and like in it, with the Echo that just turns on the lights but with Siri it turns on everything the TV comes on yeah. everything comes on and like that's not what I want it to do and yeah. I also just really like that command and the way I get around it because I do ask Siri this a lot is I'll just say living room lights and it right. works you just have to be a little bit more specific with it the other way to do yeah. is to set scenes and then call the scene name but the home problem could is, be... is Siri Siri doesn't like it because the name and the scene are the same and I found that to be inconsistent I found it to be less inconsistent with the Echo. Like with the Echo, it kind of does it the way that I expect it to. Yeah, I was going to say HomeKit sort of m- makes bad assumptions sometimes with some of the mm-hmm. voice commands. 
So if you're all home kit, like I, I have no, I mean, I have a, what, like the little baby Amazon Echo Show out here. I don't want to use it very much. It's kind of over on the shelf, basically being a fancy clock. But with HomeKit, you kind of have to like work around some of that stuff. And that, that's a little frustrating because when you're setting it up, to Federico's point earlier, it's like a really good point about all this stuff. You have to do this in a way, like if you live with other people, that they have to be able to use it. And if it's like, oh, well, you have to say this certain text string in just the right way or everything will come on or everything will go off and you just meant the light. It's like... Mm-hmm. That makes it frustrating for other people to use who aren't the nerds or who. Yeah, and uh, this is I. I know Adina would not accept the fact that she now has to be specific. Like she's yeah. just internalized the light. And and I honestly most of the time will ask the Echo to turn the lights on and off because it's simpler. But in general, I prefer HomeKit for the smart home automation stuff. I prefer, everything I buy. I try and make sure that it's HomeKit enabled just because I find it to be fast and I like having it all on my iPhone, just like all in control center or whatever. It's like typically what I use. But you will hear as I go through, I don't have a lot of home stuff at home. I have more at the studio. But even then, I think I'm, compared to the two of you, I actually think I'm, I'm the most basic of the three of us. Um, so, but yeah, that's it for my kitchen. Just the Echo Show. Okay. I would be super into a HomePod with a screen. I think that'd oh, be really yeah. cool. Yeah. And yeah. I would put it in the kitchen. That's where it would go for me, for sure. That would be my hope, right? That I could replace what I have, but I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, my hallway is very simple. Uh, I only have two devices. Uh, three if you count the Dyson Hot and Cool uh, fan that we have, but it's not HomeKit compatible. It used to be HomeKit compatible via HomeBridge mm-hmm. two years ago, but I found that eventually too unreliable to keep it around for, for my taste, and so now we control the Dyson fan using the remote because it comes with a physical remote or via the Dyson app on our on our iPhones. Uh, we do have, though, a HomePod Mini, so this is one of the two HomePod Minis that we have. Uh, this used to be, by the way, these two HomePod Minis, they used to be uh, a stereo pair in the bedroom for the LG TV that we have using the Arc sound out thing. But that also turned out to be too unreliable for our taste. And so we split up the stereo pair and we just went back to using a HomePod mini in the hallway and another in the bedroom I'll talk about later. So in the hallway, we have this uh, IKEA cabinet with a HomePod, HomePod mini on top of it and uh, a LogiCircle 2 camera. Uh, no smart lights here, just uh, this HomePod mini that we use to put on some background music when we want. Uh, otherwise, it also serves as another thread radio in the house. Uh, so hallway is very simple. Dyson fan that is not compatible with HomeKit unless you want to use HomeBridge, uh, LogiCircle 2 camera, and a white HomePod mini. Uh, I don't I don't have a hallway. <laughs> I, I mean, I do hallways. have a hallway. <laughs> I don't have a hallway, really. But I, I, I kind of the entrance for me. The entrance and the yeah. hallway are one and the same thing. It's, it's all yeah. I have. I guess I'll just do like what I labeled in my section, interior rooms. So just kind of like stuff that's randomly in the house uh so we have a a white home pod mini in mary and i's bedroom it replaced a full-blown home pod when it when it died i would do yellow probably for our room or maybe blue but i bought it before the colors came out 
Um, I have iHome smart plugs. I have uh, several of them. Some of them are seasonal, like I use some for Christmas lights, but I have one that's permanently like in the den, one in the living room, and one in the bedroom. And they just put regular, in two cases, floor lamps, and one's like a, a bedside lamp uh, on into HomeKit. And the iHome switches just plug into the outlet, the lamp plugs into the front of it, and it just toggles on and off with a command. They, it also works with the uh, Amazon Echo family of products. Um, there's a lot of, like a, lo- a lot of HomeKit only or Amazon Echo only plugs now. I bought these a long time ago and there is an iHome app that, that you can use, although they also talk directly to HomeKit. I keep the iHome app around because uh, in case you need to like update one or if anything's acting weird, you can re- like do a reset with the iHome app. If I were to replace these now, I would look for something that was just HomeKit native 100% that you didn't need its own app to kind of be the the intermediate step. Um, but they get the job done. My only complaint, and I ran to this the other day after my power came back out of the storm, is that these things don't rejoin the network uh, like the right way. Or it may be that my network takes longer to come up than these things. But if the power's out and the power comes back on... I have to like go around and unplug all these things and plug them back in for it to see the Wi-Fi. So maybe it's like an order of operations thing. And that's really annoying. Like maybe they just mm. give up trying to connect to the network after a few seconds. I don't know. But it's something that I've noticed that if uh, if anything like weird happens with the network or the power, these things often need a reset. So I just have to like go around and unplug them and plug them back in like some sort of caveman. And then uh, lastly... Uh, we, we, and we spoke about this on previous episodes. Uh, we bought our first OLED TV last year. We got the the 48-inch LG, the exact same TV Mike, you and Adina have. Yeah. It's fantastic. Man, I just had no idea how good TVs were because my last one I bought in like 2010. <laughs> but it's really great. We have the Apple TV, uh, the new one, or maybe not the new, new one, but the one before, the, the first 4K one, but with the new remote and a Sonos Beam as the sound bar. And I don't really use the Sonos Beam on its own, although it is available for AirPlay and HomeKit stuff, but I don't, I just basically use it as a sound bar. Uh, but what is nice is the LG TV is in HomeKit and you can AirPlay directly to it without the Apple TV. So I can tell Siri just to turn off the TV or turn on the TV and that works like perfectly. I've been really impressed with that. I've really, I really love this LG OLED. Uh, everyone says they're really good and everyone is correct. It's been a really nice addition to our house over the last, I guess, maybe year or so. I guess you can use the Sonos beam like a Sonos too, right? Like not just AirPlay, like it's just, it's a Sonos. And I think I would if our TV, our TV is like not in our main like living space. Like my house has like a big living room, dining room as you come in. And then there's kind of like a TV room, like a separate den. And that's where the television is. And so that room's not huge. If that, if our TV was in the big open space, I would probably use the Sonos Beam as a speaker. But we have the HomePod not far away. And so like it just didn't really pan out that I'm using it for all the features. So I could have gone cheaper with my soundbar. I kind of regret the Beam purchase, honestly. But it is what it is at this point. All right. So I'll do my living room now. Okay. So we have a stereo pair of the original HomePod there. Still going great. 
Um, we use that attached to our Apple TV. Like it's basically just our TV speakers. It's kind of the only thing we use it for. Put music on it occasionally, but, but we're not really big, like just have music on in the house, people. Hue lights. We have like Hue lamps there. Uh, we have the same OG OLED, Steven. I think the only thing that is unique for us that you don't have is we have a power strip by a company called Meros. Mm-hmm. These are rare on Amazon. They're really cool. They're like, they're power strips where you can turn the whole thing on and off or it's got like four plugs and a bunch of USBs and you can set it to turn each one of them on and off whenever you want and on a schedule and it's all in HomeKit. I really like that actually. Very easy to automate it and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool, it's a really cool product. That's, that's our living room. We don't, I don't have a ton of stuff at home, I don't think. I know when you first set it up, you had issues with the HomePod stereo pairing in the Apple TV. Has that gotten better over time with subsequent updates? It's 100% fixed. Really? Now. Absolutely 100% fixed. Yeah, I don't have any problems at all. And can you use the minis as a uh, stereo pair now? Stereo pair? Yes. Okay. Obviously not going to sound as good. I bet your HomePod stereo pair sounds awesome. It sounds so good. I bet. Yeah, I'm really, I'm actually really pleased that that, that we did it. Um, I'm, I, I've, it really sounds excellent. I'm sure the minis sound good too, but this sounds real good. So I'm, I'm very happy that we ended up like kind of leaning into that and doing it. All right, let's, uh, let's take a break here, and then we will finish our round room robin that we're doing, we're doing today. This episode of Connected is made possible by New Relic. If you're a software engineer. You know the feeling. It's 9 p.m., you're unwinding from work, and then your phone buzzes. It's an alert. Something's broken, and your mind is instantly racing at what could be wrong. Is it the back end or the front end? Is it the cloud provider, something on the network? There's a lot of things to check and to test when you have an outage or some other issue going on. Your whole team is scrambling from tool to tool and messaging person after person to find and fix the issue. Look, this won't happen with New Relic because New Relic combines 16 different monitoring products that you would normally buy separately. But with New Relic, they all come together so engineering teams can see across the entire software stack in one place. More importantly, you can pinpoint issues down to a line of code so you know exactly why the problem happened and you can resolve it quickly. That's why the dev and ops teams at places like DoorDash, GitHub, Epic Games, and more than 14,000 other companies use New Relic to debug and improve their software. Whether you're running a cloud-native startup or a Fortune 500 company, it takes just five minutes to set up New Relic in your environment. That next 9 p.m. call is just waiting to happen. Get New Relic before it does. You can access the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data free forever, no credit card required. Just go to newrelic.com connected. That's N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C, newrelic.com slash connected. Our thanks to New Relic for their support of the show and Relay FM. All right. The last room of my house is the bedroom and... Uh, it's where the magic happens. It's where it, this, is the, this is actually where, where the fun happens, but like for real, and I'm especially happy with my desk setup right now. Uh, I don't have an, an, a dedicated office space. My office has a desk in the corner of, of our space. That's for the, the, the special business. It's in there. This is where I'm talking to you 
from yeah, right now. I like it. No, I like it. Standard stuff first. We have an LG B7 uh, from 2017, 55-inch OLED TV. We love it. I would eventually like an upgrade uh, for 120 hertz refresh, um, HDMI 2.1, that kind of stuff. But this still works absolutely fine for my PS5, for my Apple TV, and the picture quality is great. We love it. We use it a ton. We watch a ton of movies and TV shows in the bedroom uh, before sleep or after dinner. It's very comfy and big and beautiful. We love it. LG makes good televisions. Uh, there's an Apple TV, like I mentioned. We also upgraded the Siri remote here. And the second HomePod Mini is also in the bedroom on a shelf next to a um, Eve room um, sensor. This is another indoor uh, temperature and humidity sensor. We have a humidity, a bit of a humidity problem in the winter season over here, so it's important to keep an eye on it. Um, we have a dehumidifier, but it's not smart at all. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty traditional one with, with the basic display, no Wi-Fi, no Bluetooth or anything. And when necessary, it's got wheels on it so we can carry it from, from the bathroom into the bedroom to dehumidify a little bit. Uh, the fun stuff is at my desk. Now, I've been working on this setup for the past uh, three years, and uh, you guys know me, uh, a, a hobby of mine, besides video games and consoles in general, it's um, music equipment. Scrubbling. It's, it's, it's a scrubbling, man. <laughs> Look, it's it, all scrubbling, comes down, man. it all comes down to the scrubble, right? It all, at the end of the day, we do, <laughs> we do all this for no, for no other reason than the scrubbling. So, Just for the scrubble. Uh, it's all... It's all for the. We I do it for the scrubbing. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> I, I do it all because of that. Uh, uh, we don't have kids, but we do have the scrubbles. So um, <laughs> it's all in the name of the scrubbing. All right. So uh, last year I upgraded my desktop DAC to a bigger, more powerful, better sounding model. Uh, it's still a Matrix Audio. DAC, but I upgraded from a, from, from a Matrix Audio Mini i Pro 3 to the bigger, uh, nicer uh, Matrix, Matrix Audio Sabre 3. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Well, yeah, I know you were going to make fun of this. They I said the care. previous one at specific loads could kill people. <laughs> Pleased that you've moved to this one. Yes. So you guys can make fun of it as much as you want. I absolutely love my DAC. Uh, and I mention it in the context of home automation because it's also an AirPlay receiver. It supports AirPlay 2 and it shows up in HomeKit as an AirPlay device, which is a nice touch. Uh, but the DAC is important for a couple of reasons. It's a Rune-certified uh, playback destination device, meaning that in the Rune software, I can select my X-Saber 3 as a playback destination device. However, uh, the DAC alone wouldn't do much because on top of it, there's my also new... Well, new, I got it uh, last year. It's been, it's been with us for... Uh, for a, a few months now, it's uh, it's Milo. Milo is here. 
specifically, Hi, Milo. Uh, Milo. Hey, Milo. I'm going to post a picture in the Discord of my setup. Uh, Milo is my new best friend. Milo is my headphone amp. 24,240 it- scrubbles. That's a lot of scrubbles, man. Look, that's not Milo. Milo is the black thing on top of the deck um, uh. with, the, with, the, with the fins poking out of it. That's the oh, thing. That's, That's the, the, the giant heat sink that it's got. Uh, the <laughs> you got to keep audio. that Og Vorbis cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the flak. It's the flak, man. Come on. Og Vorbis. I'm not an animal. Come on. There's a real interesting scale issue with this image, like where Milo originally looks small. And then when you start looking at the other things around it, it's like, oh, Milo's a big boy. Milo is a chunky boy. He's a big old boy. Uh, it's a big old boy that's got a ton of power inside of it uh you had to get a special power condition cable for it and everything um mm. uh, anyway it's one of the few amps that can power my headphones uh it's a whole thing i'm super happy with it it sounds incredible i got it from this family-run business based out of san jose in california uh this is actually like a family-run company very old school i love it you talk directly to the guy to get this handmade for you, it's an incredible experience, super fun and kind people. If I ever make it back to San Jose, I want to go visit their uh, store because they have like a like a mm, uh, sort of like showroom museum of sorts to uh, be very good people, very, uh, very cool experience purchasing this and waiting for this to come to Italy. And most of all, it sounds incredible. So what's nice about this is usually I... Um, I just uh, use Rune uh, to uh, stream my FLAC library to the the DAC that sends its signal to the amp, and I listen with my headphones. Mm -hmm. But I can also choose if I want to listen at lower quality, but if I just want to try something from Apple Music or from any other AirPlay uh, source, I can. And I usually do that if I want to try something out. Um, on Apple Music before actually buying the album and purchasing the album for my offline personal music collection. Um, the DAC shows up in Control Center, it shows up in HomeKit, and I can control playback there. It's very nice. Uh, it's a nice way to try something out on Apple Music before committing to a full-on purchase. Lastly... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I'm looking okay. at the website for the Milo, the Wells Audio. Yeah. I just want to... Yeah share the names of some of their other products. So you have Milo, you have Commander. Yeah. That thing is huge. Uh, You have Majestic. Yeah. Enigma 2. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't want to get Enigma 1. The load on the Enigma 1 could sometimes kill people. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Head Trip trip 2. Whoa. Head Trip 2 Level 2. That's the real... That's the real one. That one's fifteen thousand dollars, by the way. So don't don't buy that. Look at the last one in the list. Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that one is the real deal. It doesn't yeah. have this doesn't a pr- even is even a price. It doesn't have a price. A, <laughs> There's nope. no price on it. Nope. Wow. <laughs> oh wait, yeah. hang on. No, there kind of is. Level three dragon tube headphone amplifier, fifty five hundred dollars. Wow. I can't tell. This company makes yep. serious things, don't they? Yes, yes. They make... I think maybe even more than serious. This all looks handmade, and not in a bad way. Like yeah, but well, this looks like someone's putting this together. This is what their website yeah. says. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
all Wells Audio products are custom built in the USA from the best parts money can buy, allowing us to accommodate special feature requests by customers. And then there's a biting lip emoji. That's weird. In my <laughs> in my case, I wanted to have a specific uh, knob for the volume. And so I got this, uh, I believe it's called the gold point attenuator. Uh, that's um, Maybe you can pick up the nice sound that it makes. Hold on. Let's see. Yeah, okay. That's a that's a big old dial. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a very nice feel and a very very nice way to control volume. Anyway, the last item on my desk, I actually need to thank um one of my idols from my teenage years, back when I used to be in high school, I used to read this music website called Absolute Punk. Now, Absolute Punk, you've probably been on the forums that was in the back in the MySpace era. People my age, people Mike's age will know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, when when uh, <laughs> when Fallout Boy were a new band, you know, you know, you've been on Absolute Punk. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, just people of my age and your age. That generation. You know what I mean? Nobody, you know, that generation. Maybe mm-hmm. Steven's age too, but like people. Oh, yeah. People oh, I'm are, familiar with this. Okay. Well, I don't think you are, but I'll believe you for the sake wow. for the sake of the show. Absolute Punk is now known as Chorus FM. Uh, it's my favorite music website, and Jason Tate still writes uh, Chorus FM. Now, Jason, a few months ago, uh, did this very cool side project uh, in that we also linked on Mac Stories, I believe. Uh, Jason turned a Raspberry Pi into a portable um, standalone display. This is what Mike was making fun of a few minutes ago uh, for your last FM scrolls. So this is a tiny square-shaped display that in real time updates and shows you a bunch of stats from your last fm uh, account and i thought that was an uh, because it updates in real time as you start listening to something in apps like uh, marvis for example on iphone and ipad which is an apple music client or on the mac uh, you can listen in the music app but then have something like neptunes for example that um instantly scrubbles what you're listening to in real time this shows up on the raspberry pi display it's basically a physical now playing screen and i loved the idea so much that i ordered the parts and uh actually a bunch of them had to be shipped to me from the uh, from the Voorhees family <laughs> some some parts yeah, started in chicago went to Ireland, and then from Dublin, they came to Rome. So thank you to the Voorhees family, as always, for the assistance here. I built it all. It took me a few tries to... to because you're, you're getting essentially this um, uh, Raspberry Pi Zero, it's called. You're getting just the board of a Raspberry Pi, and then you connect the display. And then you need to follow a bunch of instructions, but it was also a weekend project for me. And now it's done, it's set up, and uh, when music is playing, it shows up on the Raspberry Pi. When music is not playing, I get stats, which I also posted with the photo on Discord. So that's my desk. It's very fun. It's a lot of scrabbles. Yeah. Every day is scrabbling. Mm-hmm. I think I made that joke last time. I think you did. You always do. It never gets old. And uh, I understand why you Thanks. do. Thanks. I think. 
I mean, I'm an easy target with the scrobbling, so I I get it. I get it. All right, my office. Uh, if you saw my uh, video tour I did on my YouTube channel, you've seen a lot of this, but um, lots of hue lights in here. I've got one in my desk lamp. I've got two sets of shelves. They have the hue strip lights on them, so I can control them. I have each like shelving unit as a group, and so I can say, like, turn on wood shelves, and they're all, all three levels come on all at once. Pretty, pretty handy. Um, I have an iHome temperature and humidity sensor, so it just plugs into the wall, and it basically just reports temperature and humidity into HomeKit, so I can see, uh, like Federico said, I have a humidity issue out here sometimes, and I run a dehumidifier, and that can kind of keep me in the loop about what's going on out here as far as that's concerned. It got really cold in here when the power was out, uh, I would imagine, but it didn't have power, so how cold? Nobody knows. Uh, a pair of home pods Mini in orange, and they sound pretty good as a pair. I, I realized after I talked to you about that a second ago, Mike, that I do have a pair of them, uh, and they sound pretty good, yeah. so I have a set of those. And then the uh, sort of the wildest thing on my whole HomeKit network uh, or I guess my smart home network, because these these aren't like, these are in HomeKit via hardware bridge, which a lot of these, I mean, Hue is the same thing. A lot of these companies have like a bridge that you plug into power and ethernet and it talks to their accessories and it talks to HomeKit. Uh, but I have uh, two smart shades over the two big windows in my new studio uh, from a company called Serena, which are actually owned by uh, Lutron. They make the smart light switches and stuff. And... They're like custom made to fit these windows. You pick the color and everything. By far, one of the biggest expenses to putting this office together. Uh, but it's fantastic to have them in HomeKit so I can uh, open or close them via Siri or buttons on my stream deck or the Home app. But I also have an automation set up that 15 minutes before sunset, close the shades. And so they just, you know, Every day, 15 minutes uh, before sunset, if they're not already closed, then they'll close themselves, and uh, uh, they're great. Uh, they're I cannot recommend them due to the expense. Uh, this is Quinn Nelson's fault. I was talking to him about outfitting HomeKit stuff. He's like, you need these. He's a very bad influence, but here they are, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to have shades on, a, on your smart home network, I got to say. Why do Lutron have so many brand names it's weird right right like caseta by lutron serena by lutron why they're not just call them like w- they're almost worse than the world's audio family of products <laughs> maybe <laughs> but like it's but the thing with the world's audio thing is they're all just single products right that they make where like lutron have like all these sub brands that make multiple products is it also the caseta by yeah Lut- caseta is, by yeah. lutron and I see one here. It's like outdoor smart plug from Caseta by Lutron. Why not just call it the Lutron outdoor smart plug? Like, why does it? If you're gonna also always put Lutron in there, it there's no point sub branding it. It reminds me of that meme image uh, with the with the label on the T-shirt, Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs oh. by Mark Jacobs. Mark by Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs by, by, Mark, Mark. by Mark Jacobs <laughs> for four Mark Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> but they look nice those 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 shades they're they're there is that the end of the pod cabin i think it is 
Uh, I was trying to think about other smart home stuff. I guess I can talk about my network a little bit if we wanted to go that that deep. Well, I've still got two more rooms to go. Okay, why don't you take us to your bedroom and then we'll loop back yeah. around. Because we- we've done a really bad job of like, for some reason, Stephen had interior rooms, not bedroom. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a lumpy robin today. So take, <laughs> take us to your bedroom and then Federica, uh, and then we can just each yeah. like talk about our networks real quick and be done. But I haven't done the studio yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, this is going to go on forever. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can't be held responsible for this. Federico, you started the round robin by doing two rooms. Well, so, I, you know, I wanted to split it up, you know. It's, uh, it's Mega, it's for the... stu- no, 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 bedroom. Uh, Echo Dot, Hugh Lamp, Dyson Hot and Cool Fan. That's it. Oh, I forgot to talk about a Roomba earlier. We have a Roomba. Yeah, I do too. You know. It's rolling around somewhere. Um, so that's the, the bedroom. Now we can move back around to Federico again. I'm I'm done. Like I got nothing else to. Federico's done. So now we move back yeah. around again to Steven. Small apartment. I was yeah. gonna mention my network. I've got three wired Eero Pro base stations, uh, which is fantastic. If you use something like Eero or Linksys or any other sort of mesh network, and you can do it, I know a lot of people like Federico can't <laughs> be doing a bunch of holes and running wires everywhere. But if you can. I really recommend having your base stations all wired with Ethernet. So they use Ethernet as the backhaul. I found it to be much more reliable and faster having done that. And so a couple of Eero Pro base stations in the house and one out here in the studio. There is Ethernet linking the studio back to the house. Uh, It's been in place now since I built this the first time around. And uh, especially when you're doing things like cameras that may be on the outside of the house or... The more smart home stuff you add, it's network congestion. And so if you're finding issues with connectivity with some of this stuff, definitely check out Mesh Networking. I like Euro stuff. They've been a sponsor, uh, but a lot of other good brands out there too. Uh, it's It can be worth the sort of investment. And it's, like, it's a pain, right? It's a pain to redo your network. But if you're adding more and more smart home stuff, like the network is really the glue that holds it all together. And that's really why I wanted to mention it. Uh, I don't think I, this is going to take me very long to do the studio because I have a lot of the same product. The only thing, we have a ring security system. Uh, we have the, the previous version to the one that is now, but the only difference is just the way it looks. I like it. It's got like one box. It's got everything I needed, like the alarm system, uh, security, like the um, sensors and all that kind of yeah, stuff. I got and one we too. Have a couple of in, cameras. In, in the pod cabin. Uh, we have some human. And, uh, you know, sharks. There's sharks circling. Don't yeah, they do in. that too. It's, it's funny how Ring provide that, but Ring Sharks is a real good service. Uh, I have some Hue lamps and I have a Hue switch for those lamps as well, like just so I could just I have that by the door in case I just want to turn it off when I'm leaving. I have a Echo pair that I never use. It was a bad dis- like purchase. It's just the Echoes don't really do very well in this space. I don't know why. I hmm. think maybe they shouldn't have two so close to each other i don't know what it is like it doesn't work very well i have a homepod mini it's what i use to do um any voice commands here because i've just got everything hooked up by home uh with the in the home app obviously except ring i hope that matter which is the thing that we've not spoken about today because who the frick knows when it will come or what it's actually going to be i hope that matter will be able to help with that like make that better for me in the future like connect these things together maybe um, I have here a, s- a couple of radiators, like 
regular radiators and I have a thing that Eve make called the Eve Thermo radiator kit. So basically you replace the radiator valve with these smart valves and it can turn them on and off and you can adjust the temperature and stuff. I really like that because this studio can get pretty cold because it's just a big brick uh, room. And so I like that I can turn that on or I can automate that as well if I want to. So that, that's a, that was a real game changer for me, honestly. Uh, I have another one of the Dyson fans here. It's the hot and cool air purifying fan. Uh, we got one for home and I loved it so much I got one for here. That was before I got the radiator valves because I didn't know that was a thing. So I was trying to use that to heat the room and that didn't really do a good job. Hmm. But I like having that. Uh, and then an Apple TV. I just have a regular... I, I have like a Panasonic TV. It's like our old TV from home. And it's not very it's still not smart at all um and i have an apple tv that i use for that i don't have any uh fancy speakers or anything here i might do a homepod mini pair here actually uh, get like a second homepod mini and set them up there i might do that i haven't thought about that yet might do that that's mega studio cool and the round robin is complete the robin is finally turned around nice job thank you i think that's it we have toured our houses we've been down the hall Mm-hmm. Stopped in the bedroom. Yeah, Mike's door is open, so always open. Always. If open. you want to come over, my door is open. Okay. You can find links to all the stuff we spoke about over on the website relay.fm/connected/slash384. There you can get in touch with feedback or follow up. There's an email link there on the side of the page. Uh, you can also join Connected Pro, and you'll get a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. Uh, this week we talked about portable uh, gaming, like handheld PCs and emulation through Dolphin. It was a lot of fun. Basically, weird small computers are awesome. That We all agree on that. Yes. You can find us all online. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Federico, what's going on at MacStories? Nothing. We're just waiting for the Nintendo Direct. But nothing else is going on. Yeah, it's, it's, a, we're, it's a couple of hours. I'm really excited about it. Metroid Prime on Switch, baby. It's not happening. gonna happen, baby. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this episode will like that will have happened. You will have been disappointed before this episode is released. <laughs> so uh, you can also follow Mike on Twitter. I M Y K E. Mike hosts a bunch of shows here on Relay FM. Mike, what are you up to this week? I don't know, man. My brain's falling out of my ears. <laughs> I've been recording like six hours straight today. I don't know what's happening anymore. Go listen to uh, Panatic 500. Go do it. I'm going to listen. You could at least listen to the start. I'm going to try to listen. Yeah, I want to listen to y'all cry together. Then uh, mm-hmm. That'll be it. We are known to do that. I've been in person when it's happened. <laughs> while recording and while not recording. Both. <laughs> Very intense around the two of you. A couple of cry guys. Pull it together. You can follow me on Twitter as ISMH. Wow, did you hear that, everyone? That was some toxic masculinity from Stephen there. Wow, okay. You know, they won't accept that boys can cry, you know? I'm just saying it's intense. I didn't say it was bad. Mm-hmm. You said pull it together, you know? I just feel like you're not, letting, you're not letting me and Brad express our feelings. I do think it's time to cancel you, Stephen. <laughs> we've, we've all decided. We all got together. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you've been cancelled. So, oh, why don't you end the show then? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Steve, Federico, you got to edit. You got to end it now. You used to be you used to be able to find Stephen on Twitter at ismh or on his website 512pixels.net. Uh, thanks to our sponsors this week. They were um, 
three sponsors, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Bombas, Fitbot, and New Relic. So thank you to our three sponsors. Uh, three of, all three of them, thank you very much for your support. And thank you to our listeners, whether you listen to the regular show or Connected Pro. Mike, where can people find Connected Pro? getconnectedpro.co alright thank you Michael thank you to all the members of our discord as well you're really missing out if you don't join discord and until next time uh, say goodbye Mike cheerio arrivederci <laughs>